Acts 27, Acts 27. I'm reading from verse, I could read the whole chapter, but I'll, I'll try to skip through this quickly. I'll read 13 through 15 and then begin at verse 18. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they'd obtained their purpose, losing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. Verse 18, and we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest. Notice this. We being exceedingly tossed with a tempest the next day, they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Everybody say all hope was gone. But long after, or excuse me, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. He's telling them to smile in the midst of a storm. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Man, I like that. Everybody say that with me. I believe God. Do you believe God today? I, believe, I could take that text right there and preach for about an hour. That it shall be even as it was told me, howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. And when the 14th night was come and we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. Then, fearing lest we should fall, have, should have fallen upon rocks, fearing that we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Anoint us to speak your word to the heart of men. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. God bless you. What a story in Acts chapter 27. What a story. Where Paul was on a boat headed to Rome to stand before Caesar, not for doing anything illegal or doing anything wrong, but for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is, there is many, many messages in the scriptures that I read to you today, but I want you, to, I want you to grasp what is going on very quickly today because what I want to preach to you about today is anchors in an angry storm. Anchors. What, what Paul was going through on that boat is symbolic and typical of what we as children of God go through sometimes on a daily basis. I, I, can, I can somewhat uh, 
understand what happened that day. Has anybody ever been in a boat when there was a storm? Nobody? No, some of you is not telling the truth because I know where you've been. But I, I, I was in a boat like that a couple times. I, a matter of fact, Shannon like got us all killed last year over at Lake Fork. Well, he took us over there, and, and uh, I'm just playing Shannon. But the waves were, were coming high, and, and uh, if I didn't do anything else that day, I got Will praying. And, uh, but but, but it, was a, it was a rough day. There was another time I was in Caney Lake. I've told you this story before, but a wind came up. And me, two, me and two other young preachers this many years ago, uh, the wind came up, and we, we were in uh, another man's boat. And so we, bottom line is the boat sunk, tore the boat up. We liked to drown for it was all over with, but we got out. Obviously, I did. Nothing fun about a storm. Nothing, nothing good about a storm, especially when you're in the midst of it. Paul standing before those people. I, I got to reading the things preceding what I read to you today. And if you go back a few verses before I started reading today, you will find where Paul said, we better not sail because this is not good. We're going to be in trouble if we sail, a good old-fashioned Pentecostal preacher stood up an apostolic and said, we better not sail. But you know what the Bible said? And here's a sermon I've preached many times. They listened to the voice of the expert more than the voice of God. They listened to what the, the, the man that controlled everything, the ship, the man in charge, he said, oh, I don't see any clouds. I don't hear any wind blowing. I don't see any waves. We're going to sail anyway. So now, in verse 13, while the wind is blowing softly, the Bible said, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, losing thence, they sailed close to Crete. But not long after, somebody say, not long after. Not many days down the road, not many hours down the road of sailing when they shouldn't have been sailing, there came a storm. And it wasn't just a storm. It was called Euroclidon. It is a cyclonic type of storm. And if you go study that, wind speeds can reach up to 100 miles per hour. And it can cause hurricanes and typhoons. It is a very deadly storm. So much so that the, the, the Bible said that they didn't see the sun or stars for three whole days. It was dark. It was black. It was rough. The winds were blowing. The rain was coming. It was a tough time in their life. In so much so that they became so afraid that they began to throw things over the boat. The Bible said they lightened the boat. And then it said the next day they started throwing their tackle over. I mean, they threw the tackle boxes. They threw the rod and reels. They threw everything that they didn't just have to have. They threw it overboard because they were afraid they were about to die. I'm going to preach to somebody on this Sunday morning that number one, when the preacher says don't sail, don't sail. 
Not because I'm the preacher, but when God sends a word to you, you better hear the voice of God. And the way the voice of God comes to the church, I believe in the word of God, but I believe in the 21st century that God still speaks to the church because he said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. I believe God speaks in the ears of the people of God and I believe God speaks over the pulpit to the people of God. Now, I may not get you to stay with me very long here, but I'm preaching to you there's sometimes you should shouldn't go there. There's some things you shouldn't do there. There's some times you shouldn't be there because God wills that that you're not a part of that. Y'all just sit there. Some of you sit there. You'll move after a while. Nothing else. You'll get up and go to the bathroom about 1.30. Amen. You know, here's, here's what happens. Sometimes you have to get rid of the weight. Y'all don't mind if I just preach a little while, do you? Sometimes, you know what Paul said? He said, lay aside every weight. Every weight. That's not sin. Weight's not sin. It's just weight. It's just things that you need to get rid of. There's some things in your life that aren't sin. They're weight. Because, how do I know this? Because he said, he said get rid of the weight and the sin. That does so easily beset you. Lay it aside. He said, get that out of your life because some things will hinder you from living for God. Something, there's some people you don't need to hang around. There's some places you don't need to go. There's some things you don't need to be involved in because they're sin, no, because they're weight. Because some things would put you in a wrong direction. Let me tell you what they did. They got rid of everything that would hinder sailing. Everything that would keep their boat afloat. I don't know about you ladies and gentlemen, but my ultimate goal is not to impress you as a preacher. It's not to get rich on this earth. It's not to go through life and have my name in bright lights. My ultimate goal is that I sail right into eternity and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm preaching to somebody on a Sunday morning uh, that if you want to really be saved, get rid of the weight in your life. Wow. Sin is sin, and we understand that there are sins that will keep you out of heaven. And weight is the things that will sometime lead you in the wrong direction and cause you to do things. I never understood it when my father would say when I was growing up, he would say unto me, we're not going to do that. Why, Dad? Because that just don't lead to good things. It wasn't that it was wrong. It just don't lead. We're not going to be there, be part of that. We're not going to do that. Let me tell you, young people, listen to me. You can't be friends with some folks because they'll lead you down the wrong path. Hallelujah. Man, I feel Holy Ghost preaching me this morning. You got to lighten the ship. You got to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset you.
You've got to get rid of some things in your life. You've got to lose some things that don't matter. I know you think some things matter, but some things don't matter. Let me tell you about friends. If they're not godly people and they're not godly friends, I want to tell you when the money's gone, when the good time's gone, when the party's gone, you're going to be just like the prodigal son. You're going to look up and everybody else is going to be gone. You better listen to this pastor on this Sunday morning. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I know what the Holy Ghost said to me early this morning back here in my office in prayer. And this is what I tell you. You better lay some things out of your life because if you don't, your ship is going to sink. The storms are bad enough without having weight that will take you to the bottom very quickly. Please don't make me preach just to be preaching today. Let me get to your heart this morning. There, there was a divine visitation on that boat. You know what? Paul received an angelic visitation. He related that vision to the crew. And this is what he said. I want to tell you that you don't have to worry. Be of good cheer. How in the name of God do you be of good cheer when the winds are blowing up to 100 miles an hour and the waves are coming over the top of the boat and everything? else is looking like well this is the end of it all but he said I just want to tell you be of good cheer because this night an angel of the Lord stood by me and he told me that everything on this boat is going to live the boat's going to be now can you imagine that prophecy can you imagine being on that boat when Paul said the boat's going to sink the boat's going under everything here is going to go down but you're going to all live some of you are going to make it in by the skin of your teeth but you're going to live if you don't believe it happened that way go read go read the scriptures he said he said sirs be of good cheer I believe God that it was given as a, that it shall be even as it was told me we, we're going to be cast upon a certain island and, and, and sure enough exactly what Paul was saying was to come to pass but listen to what else happened on that on that day the Bible said they came to a place and they they sounded that, that means that's, they, they had them a, uh, a garment. Or it may have been a hummingbird. I don't know. But it was something that told them how deep it was. Because when they sounded, they said it was 20 fathoms. And they sounded again a little further on. And, and it, it was 15 fathoms. And so here's what the Bible said. I want to preach from this a little bit this morning. Fearing lest they should fall upon rocks. They were getting in shallow water. They were getting to the place of danger. And so the, the Bible said, fearing that they were falling upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. They said, we're going to anchor down right here. We're not going another step. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. There comes a time when you have to place an anchor in your life. I want to preach about those anchors this morning, if I may. The Bible said in this case, they cast four anchors. Everybody say four anchors out of the stern, and they wish for the day. In other words, it was night, and they were ready for it to be day. So when you don't know what else to do, you just anchor up and you hold on. When you don't have the answers, you just anchor yourself in God. You just put some anchors in your life. You know, 
There's enough people that are so unstable. They are blown with every wind of doctrine. They'll believe whatever people tell them. They are, they are so movable. They're not immovable. They are movable. They will listen. And if somebody sounds good to their ear, they'll just jump right in. Could I just preach a little truth to you right now? If it doesn't line up with this right here, you better turn your tail and run the other way. Because it's enough going. You know what the Bible said? A double-minded man is unstable as all of his ways. And the Bible talks about in the last days that there will be winds of doctrine. They'll believe every wind of doctrine. They'll believe all kind. Of, look, you've got to believe truth. You've got to stand on the word of God. Is there anybody here today that's glad that you have a book of Acts experience? Glad that you know who Jesus really is. Glad that you've been baptized in his name. Glad that you've been filled with his spirit. Is there anybody here that's got your anchor in truth here today? First, let me talk about the storm. I was riding down the road this week, and I was just, I've been reading some things, and, and uh, you know, I don't believe everything I read. I don't, I don't believe everything I hear. Uh, a lot of propaganda, a lot of junk out there. You can't believe all that stuff. Amen. I don't care what news work news station you watch or listen to, it's it, all of it's not true. If you can't say amen, just give me a good old nod because that's truth. Amen. You can't believe all that. You gotta you gotta know. Gotta put a Kenny Rogers on. You gotta know when to hold them, and you gotta know when to fold them. Okay. But I was, I was listening, riding down the road, and I was, I, I've been reading some things, and let me tell you where the storm's at. Your money is fixed to be worthless. You're not going to take a $5 bill and throw it down at the counter before long. Watch what I'm telling you. We've preached about a one moral money system for many, many years. Have we not? We've preached about the mark of the beast. We've preached about all this stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong. Brother Eric, you study all this. We're headed for digital currency. Your money you got stashed up in your safe at home, you might as well use it for kindling. Don't scare me. I'm not. We're living in the storm. The winds of the end time are blowing. The Antichrist is on the horizon. We're about to enter a one-world money system and a one-world government. We are living in the days of prophecy. We're not waiting for it to happen, and it's happening all around us. We are they upon whom the ends of the world have come. The storm is raging. Look, all, and I got to, I, I, matter of fact, I'm praying about this. All these elections and all this stuff and all this junk, do you not know that he said, I am he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth? He knows everything about America and China and Ukraine and Russia and Israel and Egypt and any other nation you want to talk about. He's got it all in his hands. He sets up 
kingdoms to bring to pass the word of God. And the word of God is being brought to pass by some that maybe you don't like. And you may like them or you may not like them. But I'm just telling you, he that setteth upon the circle of the earth knoweth all things. The storm is coming. There's black clouds rising. There's winds raging. There's water that's lapping over the side of our boat. But you hear me when I tell you, my anchor is not in mankind. My anchor is in the presence of the Almighty God. The first thing Paul had on that ship, Sister Doris, by the way, pray for Doris today. It's Gerard's birthday. We miss Gerard and we love Doris. Somebody shout amen. But the first anchor that Paul had when he was on that boat is he, he stood in the presence of God. Could I just preach on this Sunday morning more than good singing, more than good preaching, more than donuts in the courier, more than coffee at morning mingle, more than a Christmas party, more than all the gifts and bows and ribbons, more than anybody in this church. We got to have the presence of God. We need the presence of God because the presence of God is where the power of God is. Somebody ought to shout unto the Lord right now. We need presence. We need in his presence, the Bible said, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Does anybody believe that we need the presence of God? Oh God, you can have all the fancy lights. You can have the Christmas trees. You can have the screen. You can have the drum roof. You can have the pulpit. You can have the chairs. You can have the, you can have everything. But don't take the presence of God because that is the anchor in these end time hours. Oh, I wish somebody would help me here right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying. You want to talk about what will anchor you. That's being in the presence of God. My, 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 my. That's why when you get up in the morning and when you lay your head to rest, you ought to do it in the presence of God. That's why when you're riding down the road, you ought to whisper his name while you're driving because you're getting in the presence of God. The presence of God don't just have to be in the sanctuary. The presence of God needs to be in your house. The presence of God needs to be on your job. The presence of God needs to be in your activity every day. You you say, I don't know how to do that. Why don't you just start calling on the name that is above every name because he will honor that name and bring his presence into your midst today. No wonder, no wonder David said, there's one thing I have desired and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know why? Because we know his presence is in the house. We know he's here. Man, I feel preaching me right now. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you're going through a little marriage rough spot, why don't you get in the presence of God? You're going through a little financial situation, why don't you get in the presence of God? Why don't you find you a prayer room? Because let me tell you, the greatest counselor in all the world is not in an office somewhere. He's in a prayer room. You'll find him in a prayer room. Hallelujah. You're going through a rough spot in your life. Why don't you get in the presence of God? The presence of God will calm the storm in your life. It's the only thing that will work. 
Come on, put your hands together all over this room today. I feel the Holy Ghost. No clap for me, clap for Jesus Christ. I feel him in this house today. I feel him in this house. Another anchor you need is God. Not, not a person. You need his presence. His presence is filling all space and all time. You understand that. You don't have to be in church to feel God. Aren't you glad for that? You don't have to be in church to feel God. You can feel God while you're washing dishes at home. You can still pray and the Holy Ghost come on you. You can talk in tongues while you're washing dishes. Amen. And if, you, if you're going to pray, drive and pray with your eyes open. If you get in the spirit, don't call me when you get a ticket. I'm just playing a little bit. But listen, we need the presence of God everywhere we go. But we need the person of God. When I say the person of God, I'm not talking about another person as in a body. But we need God manifest in our lives. We need him manifest in our lives. We need God, the presence of God in our life. And the glory of the Lord has got to come down. It's an anchor. It's an anchor when you don't know who God is, when you can't figure out where God is. Let me tell you who God is. God is the almighty God. He's the father of all. He is a spirit. Nobody's ever really seen him. We've seen manifestations and we've seen theophanies, but we've never seen God. God is in this room right now, but you don't see him. Amen? So God is omniscient and God is omnipresent and God is omnipotent. That means he has all power. He knows all things. He fills all space and time. While God is here today, he's in, in Europe. While God is here today, he's in California. While God is here today, he's in Arkansas. When God is here today, he's all over the, he fills all space and time. So you gotta understand that in your darkest hour and in your roughest storm, God is there. Hallelujah. You got to anchor in the fact that you know God is a very present help in the time of trouble. That's what the Bible said. He is a very present help. He is the I am. You know what that means? He's not a God for tomorrow, nor the God of yesterday only. He is the God of right now. And whatever storm you're in, God is in your storm. And God will take care of you if you'll believe him and anchor yourself in that faith. Hallelujah. Not only, not only that, one of the anchors that that I want to talk about is the promises of God. The promises of God, the Bible said, are yea and amen. You know what that means? Yes and so be it. The promises of God. Well, here's what God promised. Lo, I will be when? Even That's a promise. That's a promise. If you pray asking anything in my name, he said, I'll give it to you. That's a promise. When Paul had an angelic visitation, he said, 
Sirs, be of good cheer. I believe God. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Pandemic didn't get us tried. Politics ain't going to get us. Depression, recession, whatever comes, not going to get us. You know how I know? Because I read the back of the book. And the promises of God are my anchor. If I get up, Jay, and I'm having a bad day, I just look at the promises of God. The sun's coming up in the morning. Don't you ever forget it. I'm on the winning side, Dana. I, I chose the right place and the right thing to do. I'm not worried. Look, you say, do you worry? Yeah, I worry. I worry. I, I, I'm just like you. I, I watch everything. But when I, if you want to know if I really worry, no, I don't. Because when it's all said and done, it's not about this life. It's about the next life. We worry as humans. We worry about sickness. We worry about problems. We worry about money in the bank. We worry about the car. We worry about the washing machine. We worry. And, and sometimes life gets so frustrating. But am I worried about eternity? No, I'm not. Am I worried about the devil? No, I'm not. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm here to tell you we have come to overcome the devil. He is the enemy of the church. He is the enemy of the people of God. I'm preaching to you this morning. An anchor that you need in the storm of life is to stand upon the promises of God. Here's a promise. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. You know what he said? Everybody that wants the Holy Ghost is going to receive the Holy Ghost because I am promising the Holy Ghost. Y'all preaching me to death. Some of you because you're saying amen. Some of you because I couldn't move you with a grenade this morning. Amen. Promises of God. Men will lie to you. My daddy always taught me a man's only good is his word. Anybody believe that? Is that too old to, to live by? I remember the days, you can't do this anymore, but I remember the days when I was just an evangelist. I'd call the banker, little old bank up in Starlington. Starlington was hardly a spot in the road then. I'd call him. His name was Carl Stuckey. He's, he's dead many years ago. But I'd say, Carl, I'm in, I, I need a little help. I need, I need, and and I, I met him through my dad. He knew I was good for whatever. I'd say, would you put X number of dollars in my bank account so I can get home and I'll sign the paper and I'll, I, you know, I'll take care of it. Oh, yeah. Look, folks, I lived off of 90-day notes. If you don't know nothing about a 90-day note, <laughs> you hadn't lived yet. I lived off of 90-day notes. You with me? But, but you know why? Because he knew. I never, I never went without paying one of them. <laughs> never have. Never dodged a bill in my life. I've, I've frowned on a few. Didn't like them, but I paid them. But let me just tell you something. A man is only good as his word. Let me tell you about it. He said, I am the way, the what? The truth and the life. If... <laughs> If you want to know where truth is, it's in him. 
If you want to anchor yourself in something, just stand on his promises. If he said, I'll be there, he'll be there. If he said, I'll go with you, he'll go with you. If he said, I'll heal you, he'll heal you. If he said, I'll, I'll save you, guess what? He'll save you. I'm just standing with the anchor today. Let the storms rise. Let the politicians fight. Let all the news media get involved. Let everybody think the, the sky is falling. But I'm telling you right now, when it's all said and done, my faith is not upon man. My faith is not built upon anything that man done. My faith is built upon the cross of Christ and the promises of God. And it's the anchor that I hold on to in the day and hour in which we live. God is not a man that he can lie. A man can lie, but God cannot lie. Another anchor, and I'm, I'm hurrying to a close. I'm just about anchored out. But I think I'm anchored down. Paul said, whose I am and whom I serve. Great message was preached in this pulpit not long ago by a visiting preacher about Romans 8, 28. It's one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. It said, we know, we know that all things work together for good and love that God to them who are the called according to his purpose. If, if you know the purpose of God, the purpose of God, he did not come to make a name for himself because the Bible said he already has a name that is highly exalted and it is a name above every name. You believe that? So he didn't come to create a name. He came with purpose. If you want to know the purpose of God, you'll find it in a short scripture. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, you'll find it. Here's what it said. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The purpose of it all. The purpose wasn't so that he could say, wow, look at the number in my church. The purpose was to save Gage Conley and Taylor and Danny and David and Kim and Doris. So the anchor is this. We know our Savior. He came to seek us and he came to save us. We're not going to lose sight of that. All the programs of any church, not just this church, any church, are wonderful and they, they must be. Organization and programs, things happening it, it, it takes all of that to make wheels turn in a church. But the bottom line, and I told our leadership just a few days ago, every ministry leader in this church, the bottom line is this. we got to be saving people from a burning hell. The anchor that I have is this. He will devise means to save people. He gave his own life on Calvary's cross to save people. He did it for you and I. Every drop of blood, every stripe across his back, everything that he went through, he did it to save people. He left the ivory palaces of glory. He came through the back door of his own world. What we're about to celebrate in the birth of Jesus Christ was that he came as a baby. 
God wrapped in flesh to save the world. The purpose of God, it's an anchor to me. It's an anchor to me. It's to know that he loved me so much. The Bible said, for while I was a yet, yet a sinner, Christ died for me. He died when I was unlovable. He died when he did not even, even know me. I was not here, but he died for all of us. The purpose of God. So Paul said, you know what, guys? The purpose of God is that I'm going to Rome. He's purposed that. And I'm going to stand before Caesar Augustus. He's purposed that. And evidently, God wants me on an island because God allowed the ship to be torn asunder. If you read on, you'll find out that some of them floated in hanging on to on the boards, but they got there. I may have to float in on a board, Brother Hodge, but I'm going because he said I'm going. And the purpose and the plan of God is that I be saved. I'm preaching to somebody in this church today. You need to get an anchor. You think it's going to look, I, I, I'm not a calamity howler. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a guy that, that is, uh, I'm, I'm not a negative preacher. Please understand me right now. I don't mean to be negative, but if you think this world's going to get better, you, you've been shortchanged and religiously gypped. You had read the back of the book. It's not going to get better, honey. It's about to get worse. It's not going to get any better. You say, oh, this is all going to blow away. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's going to blow on in. And the storm is just getting started. But when the storm is raging, just anchor yourself. We used to sing an old song. I sang it to myself early this morning. So help me, I did. It said, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wild seas no more. Though the tempest may sweep or the wild stormy deep, I'm in Jesus and I'm safe evermore. I got an anchor today. I'm going to stand on the Word of God today. I'm going to stand on what I know. I was reading my Bible again this week and I read across the scripture that I've preached from so many times and I've quoted so many times that I just stopped. I underlined it in my Bible. I said, oh, I believe that. Because you know what the Bible said? We must walk by faith and not by sight. Quit looking around you and, and, and quit believing all the junk. Just anchor your soul in Jesus Christ, in his purpose in his truth, in his presence, in his person. Just anchor yourself in him today because when everything else fails, it's going to be okay with Jesus. You believe that today? Stand with me all over this house. My, I feel the Spirit of God in this room today. I feel the Spirit of God in this room today. Could I just do what I feel like doing today? Would you just hear me real quick? I won't keep you long, but I, I want to do what I feel in the Holy Ghost this morning. Look, 
sometimes people say, well, I'm not going down there. People, somebody might think something's wrong. Well, I got news for you. I'm down here and something is wrong. The world's wrong. There's trials and tribulations. There's dark places and hard times. This is where I found it. This is where I keep it. Let me say that again. This is where I found it. This is where I keep it. And I'm not ashamed to walk down here and say, God, I need you today. I need you today. So when, when, when the singer starts singing, first of all, I'm going to pray for you. And then when they start singing, I wonder who would just join me at the front of this church this morning and say, Pastor, I'm going to anchor. I know it's, look, folks, it's the hardest, roughest time of a year for a church. Christmas, or excuse me, Thanksgiving, Christmas, people are scattered. People are, minds are everywhere. It's, it's as hard to preach as any time I know of. The new year will be fine because everybody's ready for new beginnings and everybody wants something fresh and it's good. We're near the end of the year, and I know your minds are everywhere, but while your minds are everywhere, the world is spinning on its axis, and the times and the signs of prophecy are being fulfilled, and the storms are coming heavier. 2023 will not be better as far as the end time and what is coming to pass. It will bring us closer to the coming of the Lord. And who knows if we even reach 2023. Probably shouldn't say this, but I am. Somebody pointed me something on two Facebook the other day. So I went and read it. And it was about an ex-Pentecostal that was talking about how they had anxiety because they were always told about the coming of the Lord. And they had anxiety and feelings, and it messed them up because somebody preached the coming of the Lord. Honey, don't come here because I'm going to preach the coming of the Lord. I'm going to preach it till the day I breathe my last breath. Amen. We're nearer than we've ever been. We're closer than you can imagine. So in the storm, who wants to put an anchor down? Father, in this room today, there are many people who have been through many things even over the last four or five days. Some of it entails their jobs. Some of it is with their families. Some of it, Lord, is financial. There's people here who's struggling right now with health conditions. There's all kind of storms raging. Some of them, their kids have gone crazy, Lord. They don't know what to do. There's all kind of situations here right now. I'm praying right now, Lord, that some of these people or all of these people would hear my voice right now because I believe that you answered my prayer today and you spoke through me and you're trying to reach their heart. I wonder, Lord, if you might just touch them now and bring them forward and let them re-anchor themselves in Jesus today. Find hope, find peace, find joy, find understanding. God, even though the storms are here and the boat is very rough to hold on to, 
you are going to take us through. Lord Jesus, I pray that something great would happen right now. In Jesus' name, 